Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Driven in by Slaw and forced in by Patrick Roberts. It's come an additional time. Sunderland surrounded on Sheffield Wednesday soil. to another episode of the Rogue Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen and we are in the final of the League One playoffs. We managed to just eke past Sheffield Wednesday and here to join me to talk all about it is a very fresh looking Phil West. Hiya Phil. Hi Gav. You had your head sharpened. I have indeed, yep, yep. Free summer haircut <laughs> for me today. <laughs> Why not? Uh, and also joining us is Chris Wynn. Hiya Chris. Hi Gav. Got me Wembley haircut as well, mate. I'm putting mine off for a few days, why I'm a bit fuzzy. Sunderland then managed to eke past Chef Wed. I don't sound probably as elated as I did at full time yesterday, but I'm just taking it all in. To be honest, today has been all about stress for me. It's been the stress of booking train tickets, the stress of booking hotels, getting all of me mates' match tickets lined up and ready for whenever they go on sale. And Christ, just what a palaver. But... Once it's all paid for and booked and sorted, it'll all be about this massive game on the 21st of the month when we take on Wickham at Wembley. We will look ahead to that slightly towards the end of the pod, but first and foremost, we'll we'll talk about the game that went on on Monday night at Hillsborough. It was a bit mad. It was very Sunderland. It was a typical Alex Neal-style performance in that... Um, We defended very well for large swathes of the game. And then just when you think things are about to come to an end, or in this case, about to go to extra time, Sunderland managed to find an injury time goal, as we have done on numerous occasions under this manager, Phil. And it rescued the the two-legged affair for us and we're off to Wembley. I mean, what did you make of the the whole performance and, and how things ended up? Um, well, I hated every minute of the game, and I loved every minute of the game, Gav. It was it was a classic playoff. It was absolutely intoxicating, but it's probably not particularly healthy. It's probably taken a few years off my lifespan, as I has for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was a game where we had to dig in. We had to show resilience. Uh, this was epitomised, in my opinion, by Danny Barton, Bailey Wright, who were both absolute rocks at the back all the evening. They were absolutely fantastic, um, and we had to really show some resilience and fortitude and when Sheffield Wednesday got the equaliser the game can go one of two ways at that point we we looked 
you know, short of energy. We looked a bit heavy-legged at that point. But we dug in, as we've done so often under Alex Neal. We kept on going. We didn't lose our heads. We regrouped. The senior players stood strong. And as you said, Gav, you know, we were able to fashion that late winner. Um, you know, a real moment of quality from Jack Clark. He breaks down the left-hand side, slots the ball across. Patrick Roberts makes the, makes the run. He takes the gamble. And he slots at home. So, yeah, it was it was fraught. It was nervy. But I think those games, are the, they're the sweetest games to win, Gav. You know, when you've really had to dig deep and really kind of find out what your team is made of and you come out on the, you know, you emerge victorious. I think they're the sweetest victories of all. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Yeah, just typical Sunderland, isn't it? I'm still, I'm still recovering, to be honest. But <laughs> how many times have we been on the wrong end of a moment like that? And it was just so... Yeah. I have just such a relief to be on the right side of a, of a moment like that and get that, what, 93rd minute goal, I think it was. And typically, hmm. again, typically Sunderland, I mean, you know, we scored in the 93rd minute and there was still another seven or eight minutes to, to play after that, which was just absolute agony, um, especially after I'd woken the kids up uh, when, when we scored the goal. But it, <laughs> it, but it wasn't a fluke, though, was it? I mean, how many times have we talked about since, you know, February, I think it was, when... When Alex Neal took over, how many times have we talked about a late goal? How many times have we talked about pulling something out when we expected to get to get nothing? Where the team have stepped up, where you've thought, you know, it, it, you know, games at the stadium alike where would have just ebbed into a one-one draw in previous seasons. Whereas under Alex Neal, we've getting that late goal and getting maximum points. And last night, I mean, when Sheffield Wednesday equalised, and about the only thing. Clinton Morrison said that made any sense all night when, when he said it, he only saw one winner when Sheffield Wednesday scored that goal. And even though, even though we've, we've pulled it out so many times, I, I just couldn't help but think it's not going to be our night, especially because I was in fear of wasting our opportunities in the first leg. Cause I was thinking, Oh, you know, that was our chance to really finish off the tie. And again, the team have just, uh, the, the team stepped up, stepped up to the plate and they were all just, you know, <laughs> they all just fought, for the full, well, I'd say 90 minutes, 100 and odd minutes or whatever it was in the end. And they pulled it out again. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday didn't get a chance to really kind of bully us, pressure us. It was 50-50 terms of possession. We had just as many shots on target. I mean, they were just absolute heroes last night. And it was just one of those fantastic nights. Uh, just wish I was there, really. So tell you'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish I was there. But the thing is, if I was there, we wouldn't have won. I know for a fact we wouldn't have. Um <laughs> It has been the case a lot of the times I've been away from home this season, but you 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 bang on like the the performance for me was just a typical Alex Neal performance, as I said at the top. The thing is as well is pretty much everyone thought from about sixty five minutes onwards that he should have made a change. He didn't. The game kept going on and on, and we looked tired. And then there was ten minutes of of added time given because of the injuries and stuff in the second half. And I think everybody at that point was like, "Get Broadhead on, get." You know, Matetti on, change it a little bit just because yeah. it felt as though the game was running away from us. But that is why Alex Neal's paid to make these decisions. And at the minute, he can do no wrong. Like that, that paid off big style because I think most people might have been tempted to take Roberts off, possibly Clark off, just yeah. to try and change it up a little bit, freshen up the, the attack. But, you know, like I say to his credit, Alex Neal stuck by the players that were on the pitch. And it was one of the first things he highlighted after the game in his post-match comments and he talked about it. He said, like, I had so much belief in those players that I didn't want to change it. I didn't really feel as though we would get a massive boost from changing it. And you've got to hold your hands up and say that the guy is just 
made another brilliant, brilliant managerial decision, which has effectively won us the game because it could have went the other way. Chris, you're right. They, they, especially after the goal, they had all the momentum. It woke their fans up, um, which the atmosphere can often be a big factor in these sort of situations and games, but our players just weren't phased at all by it. Yeah. They did. They were under the cosh for a lot of that game, and even then, I don't really think Patson had much to do. And that's just a credit to the the team as a whole, like in the way that they defended. I think so. At, there was at times Ross Stewart was our best defender when yeah. he was back winning headers and stuff. And then I've been a, a big critic of Jack Clark, but that was his best game in a Sunderland shirt by a mile. Yeah, you know, not I'm not even even despite the fact he got the assist. He was great. He was he was running back. He was defending. All right, there was a couple of times where they nearly got him behind and stuff, and he wasn't as close to the to the runner as I, as I thought he should have been. But generally speaking, his best game in a Sunderland shirt. Um, I felt that Patrick Roberts played really well. I'm glad he got the goal. Um, Bailey Wright, absolute warrior. He could have probably went off two or three times, but he didn't. He wanted to stay on the pitch. He wanted to fight for his team. And he's become a, a real leader in this team and he's became a, a massive part of the identity of Sunderland under Alex Neil. He has just grown so much into this figure in our team that we, we can rely upon week on week. And it was signified by him standing there at the end of the game doing an interview with blood pouring down his face. Like he's yeah. And it, and that's what that's the image I want Sunderland to portray to other other fans of other teams and other, you know, they look at us and think, oh, they're a right bunch of hard bastards. These they're going to give Wickham a real go because that's what that's when we go to Wembley. The the talk's going to be about two things. It's going to be about the fact that we've never won a playoff at Wembley because we were already on that last night during the coverage, and Alex Neil was even asked about it and scoffed at it. And it'll also be about just the way Wickham play, and at least in this performance and in a lot of the performances under Alex Neil, Phil, we've shown like we are just as battle-hardened as anybody in League One and we can yeah. really graft if we need to. Absolutely. I mean, there's a few points I'd, I'd like to pick up on there, Gav. I mean, the first one is the fact that, you know, I think that before the game, I think I was probably guilty of maybe building up what I call the Hillsborough factor, maybe a little bit too much. And at the end of the day, all they had to offer really was an out-of-tune chorus of high horse silver lining you know, a, a display of mobile phone lights um, and a half-time <laughs> performance by a band that nobody had ever heard of. And I thought the players dealt with the atmosphere absolutely fantastically. So that showed real maturity. I think yesterday was a coming-of-age performance for this team, Gav, because, you know, they've shown flashes all season of what they are capable of. But we always had that kind of soft underbelly, didn't we? That, that you know, we were liable to concede goals in clusters. Our game management wasn't particularly streetwise. Etc. Etc. And Alex Neil has come in and he's identified that and he's shored that up and he's 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 rectified that. The other thing as well that you know since we've been in League One, you know you could rattle off so many combinations we've tried at centre back. You know with Glenn Leuvens, uh, Jimmy Dunn, Jack Baldwin, Ali Mozturk, Dion Sanderson, Tom Flanagan, etc. Etc. We've never really found that solid centre back partnership that you can rely on every single game. And I think with Danny Barton Bailey right, Alex Neil has absolutely struck gold here. Because as you said, you know, Bailey writes interview after the game, he's standing there, blood stains on his shirt, his eyes cut, you know, he's 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 soaked in sweat, he's absolutely given everything. But he's done his job and he's he's helped his team to, to victory. And I think he's a real he takes pride in defending. You know, him and Danny Bart are real old school defenders in that regard. But yeah, coming on to Wickham Gav, you know, as you said, 
you know, this game should not hold any fear for Sunderland. You know, we should be aware of it. And obviously, we know how they're going to play. You know, they're going to roughhouse us and they're going to try and make it difficult for us. But we've come through tests under Alex Neal. We have passed tests. We have showed maturity. You know, we have, you know, we have not stuttered, you know, when questions have been asked of us. Okay, we haven't always won, but we haven't buckled either. And I think that that's, again, you know, I keep coming back to it. That is the single biggest positive that Alex Neal has brought since he's been in the job. He has toughened us up. And this is how I, you mentioned it, Gav. This is how we want someone to play, in my opinion. Strong, tough, no nonsense, streetwise, able to play, able to mix it physically. And I think last night, all that came together quite beautifully. So, yeah, it was it was a real coming-of-age performance for me. Do you feel at any point, Chris, that we were liable to, to lose this game? I know you said that there was a point when the momentum shifted slightly, but over the two legs, I don't know. I don't feel like Chef Wed. All right, you're a good team, and you know the home record going into the game. I think is the be- was the best in the EFL. But we ever worried that we would really lose this, or it would get away from us. Yes, of course I was. I support Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, I've been through it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been through it too many times. But uh, but you know, I mean, there, there was a period in the game. I mean, I think actually one of the things that kind of knocked our rhythm a bit because we were we'd really dug in. And we'd kind of dug our we dug our trenches, and you know, I mean, Phil's touched on you know that Bailey right, Danny Bath at the back, that that kind of dug in, and we we kind of we looked really comfortable, and then Hutchison had that clash of heads with Lyndon Gooch and the big stoppage, and I think that kind of interrupted our concentration a bit, um, because I think it was like when when Hutchison went off, I think um, Darren Moore made the other change, Mendes Lang came on for Hunt, and they made a couple of changes, and I think Darren Moore took that time to kind of change things up a bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas we were obviously just saying, right, you know, concentrate, lads, you know, keep it, keep it going as you are, um, and that interrupted our rhythm a bit. And then it was only a few minutes later where we fell asleep, and then uh, Bannon played that ball in, and then after that, you just think, well, the the momentum's with them. But but it was interesting listening to to Bailey right after the game, um, because if you, if you're talking about the beautiful game and playing lovely stuff and one touch football and all this sort of stuff, it wasn't that sort of game. I mean, I, I love watching, I love watching that kind of. You know that that battle type of game. I, I love that type, of, but there wasn't great football played. But if listening to Bailey right after the game, he said because I think he was asked what is the biggest change that Alex Neal's brought in, and Bailey Wright said straight away. I mean, I don't get us wrong. I don't think he was Lee Johnson's biggest fan, but he said straight away that with Alex Neal, we've got a definite plan. He said he's worked on the tactical side of it, and you could see you could see that every single player on that pitch knew exactly what their job was. I mean, you know, even if, you know, Jack Clark wanted to, you know, do his thing in the in the last third of the pitch, he knew that his job was to defend first and foremost and keep us in the in the tie and then do his thing when he got the chance. Luke 9 I think Luke 9 sacrificed himself a little bit, especially in that first leg, on what Luke 9 can do with the ball and going forward because Alex Neal said, you've got a job, you, you've got to stop Barry Bannon and you're the man to do that. That's your job and you've got to sacrifice everything else. And I think it just speaks for how Alex Neal sets up and just says, look, I don't care that what you think you can do, this is your job and you do that job and then then we'll get through. Because, I mean, I, I lost count. I mean, I, I was kind of tutting away thinking, you know, why are we, why are we just booting the ball long? But it, Alex Neal knows this league. He knows kind of league one and he plays the percentages. And you, you saw that, you know, Hutchison's mistake in the first leg has basically put us through. Um, and every time we got the ball, we played the percentages, kept it safe, got it out, got it out of play. We didn't care. We we weren't kind of passing it around in our six-yard box. It was, look, you know, that ball goes out. And every time we got the ball, 
looking for for Stewart. So I, I just think again, I said I said it before, but our performance last night was no fluke. Alex Nails worked worked on that team, um, and you just know for a fact he's going to have another another game plan up his sleeve for against Wickham at Wembley. Yeah, the goal then we'll quickly touch on. Came, I think it was Danny Bart played a long ball from sort of left centre half down the channel, didn't he? Which yeah. at that point, I think um, Sheffield looked knackered. They looked absolutely wrecked. And we took full advantage of it. The ball went over the top. Clark won it and had time to bring it down and nobody was round him. Um, he charges into that space on the sort of right-hand side of Peacock Farrell's box and um, the full-back... It was weird. I don't know if you saw this on the. I saw it more so on the replay afterwards. But the fullback shows him into that space. He he doesn't show him inside. He shows him down the wing, which to me was strange. I know I know Clark's obviously very one footed and does like to uh, to come inside, which is why perhaps he did that. But he made it so easy for him that yeah. all Clark had to do was switch the ball onto his left foot and cross it and hope that somebody made a made a run across the six yard box, which is. What happened and Patrick Roberts got the goal and it was nice to see him uh, to get get that goal, wasn't it, Phil? Because a lot of people have been waiting for it to happen with Roberts and it seems to me uh, in the last sort of three, four weeks, he's certainly found his feet in this team. I know he hasn't yeah. had a, I wouldn't say he's been consistent over like a, a, a lot of games, but I would say that Alex Neal's clearly pinpointed him as a quality option in the squad. Yeah, and now he's decided right. I need to play this lad. He's fit. He's ready. I mean, he was talking about him after the game, and it, I don't often hear Alex Neal talk about a player so glowingly as he did Patrick Roberts after that match. Yeah, I mean, I think with 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 Roberts, I think you know ever ever since he's been at the club, he's he's shown flashes of potential, and you can see that kind of that you know that because he's come from he's played for Celtic, for example, he's played in that kind of high pressure environment. So he, you know he's not going to be faced by playing for Sunderland. I think with Roberts, um, I think what he needs, because if you look at his, his career, it's been kind of wandering, really. He's been here, there and everywhere, loan spells, you know, here, there, you know, and, and all around. Um, I think what he needs to do with the age he's at now is I think he needs to find himself a football home where he can really kind of lay down roots and really become an integral part of the team. Now, OK, he's, he's had that, I suppose, briefly at Celtic, you know, maybe not for too long, but he was there. Um, and I think with Sunderland now, I think this is a really good chance for him um, if it can be worked out for him to really kind of you know knuckle down and really make this his football home for the next few seasons because I think he's a player who adds real value value to the squad. Um, you can see that the players around him are kind of you know that's rubbing off on them. Um, and you know he, he's got the right mentality, Gav. You know every time I watch Roberts play, you know I like his professionalism. I like the way he goes about it. He's nice and calm. He's nice and composed. Um, and yeah, I think the goal last night was just reward for him, but. On Clark, you know, who obviously set the goal up, as you said, you know, one of the criticisms we've often all thrown at him is the fact that he, he just has this magnetic attraction to going inside rather than going down the, to the byline and trying to whip the ball in. And, you know, he did that last night and he got rewarded for it, you know. And, you know, if he could just do that, if he'd done that more regularly, who knows what could have happened, you know. So, yeah, I, I thought that that was, I agree with you, that that was probably his best game in a Sunderland shirt last night. I thought, you know, his work rate and his endeavour you know, the fact he never stopped running. I think that was really, really impressive. And yeah, the goal was well worked and thoroughly deserved, Gav. Yeah, just on the goal, um, we were talking about the changes of the two managers, Alex Neal and, <clears throat> and Darren Moore, and you were you were talking about um the you know what it took for Alex Neal not to make a change, Gav, earlier on. Um and actually 
I, I was kind of singing Darren Moore's praises a little bit earlier on by saying, you know, the change of Mendes Lang and I think he brought Palmer or he had to bring Palmer on for, for Hutchinson. But um, but actually bringing Mendes Lang on for Hunt, Hunt's more, a little bit more defensive. Mendes Lang liked to get forward. And then they got the goal from it. Brilliant. You know, all these, you know, fantastic change, all that sort of stuff. But then what you just said there, Gav, when you described the goal, ball was played forward to Clark. And if you watch, if you watch the goal back again, Mendes Lang just doesn't want to get back and, mm. and try and get back and track back and have a go at Clark. So then Story comes out and he's kind of a, a little bit of a kind of a big lumbering centre half and he tries to come out as the third centre half to, to go at Clark and Clark just nipped past him. But if Hunt had been there and he kept that kind of defensive side of it, you know, would he have gotten the goal? Maybe not. Maybe we don't know. But Mendes Lang, that change kind of led to us kind of attacking uh, yeah. down that side and, and getting the goal, which, uh, so, you know, some changes work and some don't. I'm going to touch on one other thing. I've watched quite a lot of um, footage on sort of YouTube and, and read stuff on Twitter from Chef Wed fans who felt they were robbed by the referee. I'm going to come to you on this, Chris, because you know some Chef Wed fans and you mentioned that they've... I didn't... I've I've watched like the, the potted highlights back, the one that Sky put out where it's like, I think it was about half an hour or so of footage or whatever. And even thinking back to the game itself, I can't remember at any point feeling like we were getting the majority of the decisions from the ref. I don't know about you. No, I've I've had lots. I've had, well, I've had lots. I've had three <laughs> individual messages today to say that uh, the, the referee was, was awful from Sheffield Wednesday fans today. But they're right in the fact that I think the referee was awful, but I think he was awful for both sides. Mm. He was he was a typical League One referee. I don't think he. At times, I thought he was especially there was there was a linesman on the the side that the camera was who I think was given every decision Sheffield Wednesday's way at one point. Yeah, but in terms of the referee, yes, he was he was awful. But he was a typical League One referee, and he was he was awful for both sides as far as I was concerned. There was there was some baffling decisions that went our way that I thought you know I don't know why he's given that. There was some baffling decisions that we didn't get. The one that stands out to me was that I, can't, I think maybe Pritchard on the edge of the box got wiped out, and even the commentators were sticking up for it a bit. And I thought, I thought he was fouled. I, yeah, I thought I thought he played for it. If it's he didn't play for it, because he, he, he did, he did, he did get wiped out. But if he didn't go over the way he went over, he probably would have gotten a free kick. But there was a, I thought Barry Bannon was quite lucky. Um, you know that, you know he got a he got a yellow card for a pretty nasty tackle. I can't remember who it was on now. But yeah, the referee was terrible. But he was a typical League One referee. He didn't have any. <laughs> he didn't have any sway on how the game went in the end, um, mm. but he, yeah, he, he was awful. Word on the atmosphere as well. The Sunderland fans in attendance were outstanding. I know there was only 2,000 of them there, but to me it sounded like there was just as many of our lot as their lot at points in the game. I mean, everybody wanted to be there. It was important, though, that the fans do what they always do away from home, get right behind the players. And to be fair, they've become accustomed to the, the players putting in late performances and, and sticking goals in the back then haven't they Phil yeah. it's been it's been a hard four years and I know we're going to come on to the final soon it's been a hard four years and for fans to still turn up in the numbers out to do and get behind the team especially away from home on like a Monday night it's, it, there's a reason people talk about us and the way they do and the numbers we travel in because I can't imagine many other clubs that would get the backing in numbers that, that Sunderland do Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that there was a video doing the rounds on Twitter earlier on today, Gab, from a Sheffield Wednesday fan at the opposite end of the stadium when we scored. And you could see the Sunderland fans just going absolutely yeah. berserk when we went in. I mean, it was an incredible sight. And, as you know, you're absolutely right. You know, they were behind the team every step of the way. 
But I think now, I think, you know, this whole playoff campaign, there's not been trepidation or fear. It's been kind of, a, let's embrace it. You know, we've got a manager who knows what he's doing. We've got a team who are, you know, ready for the challenge. Let's get behind them and let's go for it. And, you know, the dynamic this time, Gav, has been completely different to 2019 and, and last year for me. You know, it, it's been, you know, we've really attacked the playoffs. We haven't kind of shied away from the challenge. Um, and yeah, I thought the fans last night were absolutely fantastic, Gav. You know, they, they really stuck by them. But again, it's because you can see clear signs of progress now. You know, we've got a manager who is in full control. We've got players that the fans know are going to give their all every single game. They might not always win, but they're going to give their all. I mean, Lyndon Gooch, you know, after the game, you know, you saw him walking over to the stand and acknowledging the fans, and he, he was he was he was shouting his heart out. You know, and you could see what it means to him. You know, these players care, Gav. You know, we and we haven't always been able to say that about Sunderland teams of recent years. You know, they might not be the best players in the world, but they all care, and that to me is worth its weight in gold at this level. It looks like not only are they getting. You know, have that side of it where there's that passion coming to it, which which is clearly just in, in some respects it's always been there. Yeah. But I suppose it's been suppressed if the if the form isn't very good because you know that it's hard to pull it out when the when the form isn't great. But you can you you can just tell alongside that now that the players have just got confidence in what they're doing. Yeah. You can see them that when they go out on the pitch, and we were talking about that. You know, Alex Neil having a plan earlier on and working on that tactical side. The players have not just got confidence because they're good players or you know better players in League One than most others, but they know what they're doing. Every time they they go on the pitch, they know what they have to do to to get past whatever opposition it is, and they just keep pulling out results. Yeah. And when when that happens, you know when when they just keep getting results because they they've got trust in each other, they've got trust in the plan. You can just see the confidence just kind of <laughs> kind of oozing through and. It's very rare we've seen that because a lot of players seem to get engulfed in the size of the club and the size of the task to get us up. And Alex Neils just seemed, you, you can see him in press conferences where, I mean, that, there was that strange question after the game that said, oh, was, was the, is, the job, is the job too big for you, Alex? And he was like, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I wouldn't be here if I thought the, the job was too big enough. And that's what he's passing across to the players. He's saying, look, it's a game of football. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what strip you're wearing. Doesn't matter what he said. It's a game of football. We know what we're doing, and we're going to win these games. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Neil that impresses me the most is the fact that he's got he, he's able to transfer the pressure off the players' shoulders, not to him. You know, he looks like he, he's a kind of guy who is more than willing to protect the players and to kind of shield them from that if necessary. He's given them the responsibility and he's empowered them to go out there and play, obviously. But you know, he seems to be taking it all in stride. And you know, of course, he'll want to win. Of course, he'll want to get us promoted. But you know, I think in terms of you know the burden of history that you know we all know about with this club and the playoffs, I don't think Neil is maybe feeling that as much. I'm sure he'd be feeling it without a doubt, but I don't think he's feeling it quite as much as he might, you know, as other managers have. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Chris. You know, I think he's I think he's done an absolutely fantastic job in that regard. Again, just just going back to his interview after the game, you're talking about when somebody mentioned the. The previous playoff defeat, you can see the look in his eyes. Yeah. He's like, "Well, what's that got to do with me?" Yeah, he says, "You know, we're a new team. I, you know, I'm a new manager. None of those defeats have got anything to do with me. So we've just got one game, ninety minutes, and I'm going to set us up and we're going to win the game." He says he's going to have a couple of days off, relax, yeah, and then we'll get down to work. So it's all kind of businessman like, isn't it? Oh it's yeah, not absolutely. Kind of, you know, he's not kind of stoking the fires or anything like that and saying, "Oh, we're going to do this." He's like, "No." Have a couple of days off, get back to work, get a plan, get the job done, and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll we'll probably preview the game in more detail closer at the tie. But what's your early feelings on things, Phil? In terms of how you how what's your gut feeling on the final and sort of how 
well prepared Sunderland going into this. Oh, I mean, I think they'll be they'll be they'll be prepared within an inch of their lives, Gav. You know, there's no doubt about that. He'll have them fit, firing, and ready to go when we get to Wembley. Um, still early, you know. Obviously, we're still kind of basking in the afterglow of last night's, um, you know, victory and and, and everything that that entails. But um, at this moment in time, Gav, you know, I feel very very confident. You know, I think that if we get a, you know on that nice wide, you know, open Wembley pitch, you know, if we can get the ball down and play the football that we know we're capable of playing, move the ball at pace and move Wickham about. Of course we can win the game, there's no doubt about that. On the other hand, we know what Wickham are going to bring in terms of physical threats. We know how much of a handful Sam Vokes can be. Um, I'm sure Adebayo Fen will play a role at some point in the game, so that's going to be a sideshow. There's the Gareth Ainsworth factor, etc, etc, etc. So at this point, yeah, I, you know, I think we can all feel very confident about it. Obviously, you know, the, the build-up will start pretty soon, as, as Chris said. You know, they're going to get back down to it fairly sharpish. Um, but yeah, we can go into it with confidence, Gav, you know, and, and I think that, yeah... Alex Neal doesn't care for history, or if he doesn't care for it, if he does care for it, he's certainly given off the impression of a man who's not being troubled by it. Um, you know, I think in his eyes, the next game is the most important one. Forget what's gone in the past, you can't change it. You know, concentrate on what you can do, and that's win the game at Wembley, get this club promoted. And I think that's the message you'll be it'll be, you know, instilling into the players, you know, between now and the game, without a doubt. Yeah, um, my confidence is sky high at the minute. I've no doubt it'll tail off as the uh, the game comes around, but I've watched Wickham twice in the last week and I'm not impressed at all by them. They've got a way of playing. They're very resolute defensively. They all love the manager. They're all very together as a team, but they don't worry us. There's nothing that worries me about Wickham. On a big, open, wide pitch like Wembley, you can't really play that tight, long ball, niggly style. Um, Obviously, the, the, the big thing is is that when they get set pieces, they're a massive threat and we have struggled to defend on set pieces but ultimately it should be more about what we've got and we've got the players to to actually run that game control that game I mean I'm, I, I, I could be making me words here but their player of the season was Josh Scowen and he was shit for us so I'm not worried about Wickham whatsoever and the players shouldn't be and I don't think Alex Neal will be worried about them he'll he'll go into this game full of confidence and so he should Right. Well, I'm I'm going out to check the odds on a on a one nil win. Josh Gowan. But yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. And and actually, watching watching us over the last two games, it's strange that I think for one of the first times since we've been in League One, that we've now got that side to us. We can play that side of the game. Look how much we spoiled the game at Hillsborough. We we kind of had a little bit of I mean I'd say like a fraction but a fraction of Wickham in us you know that side of the game where if Wickham come to spoil the party at Wembley and go down the route of those normal tactics and spoiling the game we can I think we can mix it up with them and I think Alex Neil will prepare the team for them and I mean just on the football side I mean you talked about that big pitch and playing football I mean if we if we get going and get our attacking players on the ball I mean our last our last two games against Wickham at the Stadium of Light. Have an aggregate score of seven one to us, and in the six games we've played them since we were relegated, we've only been beaten once by them. So I think we have to have confidence. I think, yes, I mean, again, Phil, I know you mentioned about this thing about the playoffs, and Alex Neil will be thinking, so what? It's a one off game. We've got better players than them. If we prepare right, we should win this game. And if if he does that, then. I've, I'm almost a bit worried about how confident I feel at the minute about the game, but you know we just need to go out and do the job, and hopefully we'll do it this time. Yes, well, like I say, we'll be back to preview the game in more detail, I'm sure. So make sure you check that out. Uh, it's going to be a, a long old what ten days or so before 
I made a trip down to London to take part in the Trafalgar Square party that'll no doubt happen. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm I'm top of the world at the minute, and at the minute I'm just enjoying the fact that we're there. We're going, and hopefully once we tickets are sorted and everyone else's tickets are sorted, we can all we can all put that stress to one side and just look forward to the game. Uh, cheers, lads! Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Thanks, Chris. Thanks, as Chris. always, cheers, Phil. Cheers. Thank you to the listeners for joining us. I've got a puppy sat on my chest at the minute, so I'm trying my very best to say all of this without his collar jangling on mic. But there we go. Um, yes, make sure you check out rotareport.com as the week progresses. We'll have loads on the playoffs coming up, and we'll catch you all later. Cheers. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.